You're listening to Flourish Weekly with Pastor Jen. We know you'll be encouraged by today's talk. Hey y'all, welcome back to Flourish Weekly. Thank you for being here. I hope that you enjoyed last week's episode uh, with Pastor Matt where we talked about singlehood. Um, I hope that it gave you some um, strength and to stay committed to doing things God's way, to waiting on His timing and knowing that um, there's someone out there that's going to be a blessing to you and be a gift to you. Just hang on and uh, hold on. And if you didn't get a chance to hear that episode or if you know someone who's single, uh, feel free to send that out to them. Um, Send them a link, text it to them, however you prefer to share it. I really think that it's going to encourage some people. So this week I wanted to talk to you about how to handle the feeling of um, disappointment and how to handle the feeling of discouragement. And in particular, I want to talk about feeling discouraged about the season of life that you're in, feeling discouraged, maybe feeling like I didn't think life was going to look this way for me at this age, maybe feeling discouraged and saying, um, or feeling disappointed at the condition of your life at this particular age and stage in life. Or maybe you've had some kind of a disappointment where you've poured your heart and soul into something, thinking that it was the right thing, thinking that it was how God was leading you. And it resulted in a disappointment. And how do we deal with that? How do we, um, you know, how do we, how do we guard our hearts? How do we make sure that we move forward with pure hearts and that we kind of get rid of this feeling of disappointment and move forward in hope and joy and expectation for the future? Um, so that's what I want to talk to you about today. Um, but before I begin, let's just pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, we love you. We trust you. Thank you for this opportunity. God, I pray that you would give me the exact words. Give me clarity. Speak to the hearts of those that are out there that are listening right now. I pray that their hearts would be encouraged instead of discouraged. I pray that they would be full of hope instead of full of disappointment. And Lord, that you would help all of us to know that you are in control, that our life is in your hands, and that you have good plans for us. We love you. We trust you. We need you today in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so... You know, there. I'll just start right off the bat by talking about my own life. Uh, many of you know that Pastor Matt and I have struggled with infertility. Um, I am 40. I turned 40 this year. And I did not for a second think that I was going to be 40 and not have my house full of teenagers or um, junior high students at this point. You know, I went through different seasons of waiting where, man, I was like, oh, I just really thought my home was going to be full of babies. And then you get a little older and you're like, I really thought my home was going to be full of little kiddos running around everywhere. And then now I'm at the point where I'm like, man, I just really thought that at this stage of life, I would be raising teenagers. Um, and every stage of life kind of reveals some of that disappointment and some of that, um, really some sorrow and some sadness. And I think it's it's okay to acknowledge that, yeah, sometimes I'm still sad about it. Sometimes I'm still, I still have questions about it. But that particular area for my life has been a very long season of waiting. And I think when we're in seasons of, of extended waiting, it's really easy for us to get disappointed and discouraged and to look at God and say, man, God, I'm disappointed. I thought that by now this prayer was going to be answered. I thought that by now, um, 
things were going to look different. I envisioned and had vision and hope and wrote in my journal and, you know, had all these these ideas and these pictures in my mind of what things were going to look like by now, and it hasn't happened. And so we can struggle with disappointment and so, and also discouragement. Um, and so I, I want to encourage you out there. First of all, if you're someone who maybe has just become weary in the waiting, you're frustrated in the waiting. Um, there's one specific thing that I really want to encourage you to do. And that is to really guard your heart from bitterness. Um, and, and, and what do I mean when I mean bitterness? Well, it's really easy when we're in a season of waiting, when we're in a season of not having a prayer answered the way that we thought it would be answered by now. It's really easy and it's kind of um, second nature for us to look around us and, and, and the enemy will cause us to look around to see someone, I'm going to use my own life as an example because I want to be really vulnerable with you because I want you to be really vulnerable with yourself. And so as I talk, I'm going to use my own life as an example and hopefully this is going to help you be vulnerable and real with yourself and with God and with some of your loved ones to talk about how it really makes you feel. So I'm in a season of my life right now where um, I... I I do still want children and that 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 is a part of my life that still hasn't been fulfilled. But it's I'm not in a season now where I see someone post a a baby shower or a gender reveal or any of that and it triggers any type of of sorrow or sadness, which is good because there was season there were seasons in my life where every mother's day and every baby dedication at church and every um pregnancy announcement, I would celebrate with everyone and then I'd go home and I would cry. Let's just be real. And maybe some of you feel that way about marriage. Maybe some of you feel that way every time there's an engagement photo or there's a, a wedding announcement or, you know, you have to be a bridesmaid again or, or a groomsman again, you know, or maybe every time someone gets a promotion at work or someone goes on a vacation or something, there is your attention is drawn to what you don't have. And the enemy loves to draw our attention to what we don't have. He loves to draw our attention to, they have a great relationship with their mom and my mom abandoned me. And so now my attention is on that. And the next step that he does is he causes you to focus on what you don't have. And then he begins to bring in a bitterness, a spirit of bitterness, a seed of bitterness will drop down into your heart and it can develop into something that's very, honestly, it's very dangerous. It's something that can rob you of the promises of God that are in your future. It can rob you of your joy today. Um, Bitterness is something that we really have to guard against. And so the first step is to recognize, okay, I've got to guard against comparison and focusing on what other people have. And then I've also got to guard against bitterness because um, bitterness is, it, it'll, it'll create a root down in there and the fruit of a root of bitterness is never good. It's not something that any of us want in our lives. And so uh, what my practice has always been, and you know, I acknowledge the pain. You guys know I'm big on acknowledging the pain, acknowledging the hurt, acknowledging the disappointment, acknowledging the fact that I'm sad over this or I'm, I'm, I'm frustrated in the waiting And so on those days that I would, you know, the common word, the modern word is that I would be triggered or that I would see something that would make me sad, I would purposefully celebrate with that person and and do it with a pure heart because I was, it's okay, 
it's possible to be genuinely happy for someone and sad for yourself at the same time. And so I don't want you to feel guilty if you have moments where you feel sad or you have moments where you're like, why God, why haven't I had that yet? It's it's not the emotions that are necessarily the sin or wrong. It's what we do with those emotions that can turn into sin and can turn into, um, you know, envy and jealousy and bitterness and all of those types of things. So what we want to do is we want to take those real um, valid emotions and we want to take them to God. We want to, you know, for me, I would genuinely celebrate with whoever it was. And then I would come home and I would, you know, feel what I needed to feel. I would sit and I would feel sad and I would say to Matt or to someone, I'd call someone or I'd text someone and I would just, you know, say, I'm sad. That was hard today. And, um, someone who was very safe and someone that I could communicate with, I would tell them how it made me feel. And then when I was finished, I would refuse a pity party. You absolutely have got to be strong in controlling your emotions and controlling your focus. And we, we do this with God's help. We don't do this in our own strength. He helps us. He guides us. The Holy Spirit will step in and will, will minister to us what we need to, what we need to hear. So it, it shifts our focus, but we have to be strong in controlling our emotions, in dying to feelings that aren't lining up with godly character. And so what I would do is I would let myself feel sad. I would acknowledge that sadness, that disappointment, that discouragement, talk about it if I needed to. And then I would decide to shift that focus away from what I don't have and shift it to what I do have. And I would shift that focus and turn my my focus into gratitude, turn my actions and my thoughts into gratitude. And I, I do this still. I mean, I still do this on a daily basis. And I think we all need to do this where we shift our focus away from, you know, maybe, maybe you've had a loss. Maybe you've lost a relationship. Maybe there's turmoil in a relationship and, and the enemy is trying to have you so focused on what you don't have that you are, you are forgetting everything that God has given you. And this is a way that we combat, um, depression. Even this is a way that we combat feelings of, of, um, feeling despair and feeling like it's never going to change is that we stop and we, we tell God how we feel. We write it out if we need to, and then we shift and we go, okay, God, but, and, and man, David was so good at this in the Psalms. If you read through the Psalms, I love reading through the Psalms. He was so good at acknowledging his pain, acknowledging his despair, and then shifting it and saying, but God, you're faithful and God, you're good. And so I make a very, um, I'm very intentional about this. I make a practice of this because I've seen people who didn't make a practice of this. I've seen people walk through disappointment concerning relationships where they put their whole heart and soul into something and it didn't turn out the way they thought. And instead of turning their focus to gratitude and softening their heart towards God, bitterness got in there, unforgiveness got in there. Um, disappointment got in there and got, and created a root. And then they started to blame God or they started to um, decide that they would take matters into their own hands. And man, that's just not where we want to be. And I understand that because I am very much a person. I'm a doer. I like, um, I like to take action and make things happen in my own strength if I have to. But man, with my journey with infertility, 
it came to a point where I was like, Matt and I both just looked at each other and looked at God and said, there's nothing that we can do. Like there's no amount of our own strength or our own will or our own ability that's going to change this. God, you are the miracle worker. You are the one in charge. You know us, you see us, you know the desires of our hearts, but we trust you. You're in charge. You are your God. You're Lord of our lives and you're in charge and you say um, what we need to do moving forward. And we had to really come to a place of surrender. And I think sometimes when we're just disappointed and discouraged, it forces us, it pushes us to a place where we are, are almost backed into a corner where it's like, okay, I'm either going to surrender. I'm either going to soften and surrender to you, Lord, and trust you man, God, I've got to trust you or I'm going to fight against this and I'm going to force it and make it happen to my own strength. And so um, if if you're someone who, who, who looks around and says, man, they have such a good relationship with their husband and I don't. They have a good relationship with their mom and I don't. They have a good relationship with their dad and I don't. They have kids and I don't. They have um, that great career and job, or maybe even something as simple as they have the car I want, or they have the house I want. These are things that are, that are fleshly carnal reactions that the enemy would love to take and, and cause us to grow fruit from that emotion instead of growing a fruit from, um, the, the, the fruits of the spirit, which is responding to God. And so we have to catch ourselves and shift our focus and say, okay, God, I'm not going to allow jealousy to get a place in my heart. And I want you to really check yourself today. And and I'm saying this to myself as well. Jealousy is something that I think we as women, men too, have, you know, we struggle with and we have to keep taking that to the cross. Jealousy is a sin before God. Pride is a sin before God. And um, envy is a sin before God and covetousness. and, And these are the things that we have to humbly acknowledge and man, this is the thing about God. I love I love him so much. I love that we can be real. We can come into his presence and we can say, God, I'm sorry. I'm struggling with this and I don't want it to become a root in my heart. Talk to me. And he does. The beautiful thing about God is that he speaks to us through his word and he speaks to us in our hearts. And one of my favorite ways to hear from God is to journal and I will write, I'll just begin to write my prayer to the Lord. I'll just begin to pour out my heart and tell him what's what's on my mind. And then from that, I'll begin to hear him and I'll begin to journal what he's speaking to my heart. And um, obviously the things that he speaks to us have to line up with the word of God. But the, mo- when they do, man, it's there's nothing like hearing his voice to settle our hearts. He speaks and our hearts just begin to settle down and go, okay, God, I'm okay. You're good. You're faithful. I'm okay. And I'm going to keep moving forward. I'm going to stay committed to you. I may not have the husband I thought I was going to have by now. I may not have the kids I thought I'd have by now. I may not have the job or the ministry or the platform or the things that I thought I would have by now. But man, God, I trust you enough and I'm committed to you enough that I'm going to live for you whether or not that comes, I'm going to live for you today and I'm going to live for you tomorrow. And I'm going to keep being committed to living for you because the rest of this stuff, it's like that old hymn, um, the turn your eyes to Jesus and the things of this 
earth will grow slow, will grow strangely. Lord, help me say it right. (laughs) The things of the world will grow strangely dim um, in the light of his glory and grace. Turn your eyes to Jesus. Focus on him. And the things of the world, they just start to fade because you're in that intimate, close relationship with him where you feel safe, where you know, man, God, I thought I was going to be healed by now. I thought I was not going to struggle with this pain in my body by now. I thought things were going to be better by now. I thought I thought there would be more more fruit in my life. I thought I'd be more financially sound by now. But man, you know what? Let me tell you something from the heart of God today. His word to you today is, I see you. I have not forgotten you. I have seen your commitment to me. I've seen your endurance. I've seen that you have not given up. You have not compromised in the hard times, in the difficult times, in the times that you had every excuse to give up and to compromise. You didn't because of your love for me. And I see that. God says to you today, I see you. I have not forgotten you. And I will come through for you. I've got you. And you know what? When we hear from God that way, it settles us down to say, all right, God, you know what? I'm sorry for getting antsy. I'm sorry for feeling so, so discouraged. I'm sorry for, for allowing jealousy in my heart. I refuse to look around and say, God, why are you better to everyone else than you are to me? Because that's just not the heart of God. And you know what else? Let me say this. Let me say this too. We have to be careful that we don't say, I want what they have, because we don't know what price they paid to have what they have. We don't know the price. You may look at someone and say they have the perfect marriage. You don't know what's happened behind closed doors and behind the scenes and the price that they've paid to have that healthy, strong marriage, the day in and day out decisions that they've made. And also... What what decisions have gone back generations before them to set the stage for a healthy marriage? And so I want to challenge you today. Know that the decisions that you are making today are setting the stage for the generations that are going to come after you. So stay committed. Stay, stay determined to do it God's way. And the generations that are going to come after you are going to reap the benefits of your good, strong, healthy, godly choices. And so we cannot, we have to really be careful I don't think it pleases God very much when we look around and we say, um, man, God, I, I want what they have. That, that's, that's one of the Ten Commandments is we don't, we don't covet and we don't envy. And so guard your heart from jealousy. Forgive quickly. Um, protect and guard your heart from bitterness becoming a root. Um, resolve it with Jesus. Go into your time with him and resolve the feelings and the emotions with Jesus. And then... The last thing is you move on. So you you acknowledge all of that. You've gone through all that process. And then now you get up and you move on joyfully with the life that he's given you. You go focus on what he has given you. If, if you're not married and he's given you kids, focus on those kiddos, man. Enjoy them. Rejoice over them. They are the blessing that someone else is praying for. If you have a husband and you have become discouraged in your marriage. Take some time today to see him, see your husband or your wife as a blessing of God that someone else is out there praying for. See the blessing of God on your life. See the the, the peace of God on your life. See the finances, how, how far you've come from where you once were. Begin to just focus on that and then get up and move on. Reach out to people, love people, um, 
move on in the things that God's telling you to do. And this is another really important step in overcoming discouragement, overcoming disappointment is obedience. And what do I mean when I say obedience? I just mean when God speaks, obey. When he tells you to do something, when he nudges you to do something, don't wait, just do it. Because that is going to be the key that's going to get you out of the depression and the despair and feeling stuck. And I went through a very deep depression. Um, I, you know, I was really sad over not having children for about five years. And then I lost my mother-in-law. Um, she passed away about four years ago. And then I went through some medical treatments and you can go back and listen to that former podcast. It's called, uh, when panic attacks, I went through some, some things that I needed to have healing, but even before all of that, there was a river of depression that would try to flow through my heart and flow through my home. And it would come and go, it would ebb and flow because there was a deep sorrow in my heart and a loss over not having children. And I had to really make sure that I was acknowledging that, I was letting God heal that, and then I was doing things that released joy in my life. You cannot just stay locked up in your home sad. You can't. You've got to get up, put your shoes on, get out there and go for a walk in the sunshine, get out there and go text someone and have coffee or breakfast with someone, get out there and go meet someone for lunch. Just to put some feet to um, taking action and saying, God, I'm not going to stay in this depression because you are good and it doesn't feel like it and it is hard. I feel like I'm sinking in quicksand, but I am going to reach out to someone who's going to help pull me out of this quicksand. I don't have to do it alone. I'm going to come up out of this disappointment, this discouragement. And maybe you're not completely at that point yet. Maybe you're not at the point where you're depressed over it. Maybe you're just like, man, like it'd be nice if I had some some progress here. I thought that relationship was going to be restored by now. I thought God would have done the miracle by now. And I'm just like over it. If that's the case, just make sure that every day you're you're telling God how you feel and guarding against um, disappointment, bitterness, comparison, jealousy, pride, all of these different things. Remember, you have an enemy, and he wants you. He knows exactly what he wants out of you. He wants you focusing. I'm going to say it again from earlier. He wants you focusing on what you don't have, and God wants you focusing on all the good and all the blessings that he's given us. And so in the larger scheme of things, what is God asking of us today? What is God asking of me today? Is he asking for me to admit my hurt, my disappointment? Is he asking me to to bring that to him as an offering and then have him heal it and then use that as a testimony to touch other people's lives? What is God requiring out of your disappointment today? What is he, what's, what's God, God's perspective on this season of waiting or on this season of disappointment? What is God's perspective? You need to go find out from him. I can't tell you exactly what it is for you, but man, I can tell you that obedience is the key. And if you'll continue to obey him and draw near to him, the, the lit, there are no limits to where we can go with God. There are no limits to what he will do with our lives and for us. If we just focus on those two things, obeying him and drawing near to him. Man, God's good. He's faithful. He is the restorer of our souls. He makes sure that we have, you know, I said earlier that there was a river of depression that would ebb and flow through my home and through my house. 
Well, now it's a river of joy. It's a river of peace. It's a river of expectation. It's a river of hope. It's a river of strength. I feel like coming through those valley times, man, do they build our strength. And there is a new amount of strength, inner strength, spiritual strength that I feel for ministry, for life, for marriage, for everything. There's just a renewed strength. And God promises in his word, in those valley times, man, hold on to that promise that says he will renew our strength. But what does it say we have to do? Those who wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not grow weary. They shall walk and not faint. So if you want that river of strength, that river of joy, all of the things flowing in your life, wait on him. Let him talk to you. Bring these these seasons of discouragement, these seasons of disappointment. I want you to talk to him specifically about it. And don't feel guilty. I'm going to end with this. Don't feel guilty when you feel a twinge. And you look over at somebody or you, you, something happens that triggers it. Don't feel guilty in that moment. Don't just feel guilty and tuck it away. I shouldn't feel that way. No. Say, okay, I'm feeling this way because something is bothering me and I need to go talk to God about it. I need to humbly tell him, Lord, I don't want this. I don't want to feel this way, but I do. And so Lord, I'm bringing this to you as my creator, as the one who knows my heart and formed me and fashioned me and knows exactly how I work and how I tick and how do I need to be healed and all the things Take it to him. Acknowledge it. Don't just feel guilty for it and tuck it away, but acknowledge it. Take it to God and he will heal and he'll give you a fresh perspective. And I love it when he does that. So I love you very much. Thank you for letting me share my heart, my life, um, my experiences with you. I hope that that has encouraged you, my vulnerability. And I hope that you too will be vulnerable with yourself, vulnerable with God, vulnerable with others as you overcome discouragement, as you overcome a feeling of disappointment, and as you know, man, God, you've done so much good for me. And today I'm going to focus on those incredible relationships that you've given me. I'm going to focus on how far you've brought me. And I'm going to focus on, man, God, if, if it just, if, if it hasn't happened yet, it's probably because I'm not ready yet. It's probably because you're in control and you have my best interest at heart. I love you so much. I hope you have a great week. Please reach out to me. Um, I love it whenever you message me on Facebook and Instagram. It's my favorite thing to hear from you and how these messages have encouraged you. So please reach out and also please share. Send this to someone over text. Send it, share it on your social media, however you prefer. But really, share this with someone that you think might be disappointed or discouraged because God has the best plans for us. I love you so much. Have a great week. We're so glad you joined us today on Flourish Weekly. If you enjoyed this episode, feel free to share it with a friend and tag us on social media. You can also connect with Pastor Jen on Facebook and Instagram. Thank you for listening.